Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects 
vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, right here on The Fringe FM. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, same time each night after Joe Roop and Lighting the Void. We will continue to light that void here on The Secret Teachings, the show, of course, named after a book by Manly Palmer Hall, The Secret Teachings of All Ages. On air now for 10 years, 5 to 6 years professional. We have a huge show archive on the website, thesecretteachings.info. You can go to the website, access that archive if you miss any of our shows, and you can download and stream them, and you can listen to them when you have time to do so. I know not everybody can stay up late night, early into the morning. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and you'll find that full show archive. You'll find our montage archive and more all on the website. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com and our only social media page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. That's facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. The last couple of weeks, I've been having these really bizarre dreams, and I haven't been doing anything different. I haven't been eating different foods or eating at a different time of night. Sometimes I eat a little bit too much before bed, and then I go to bed, but I've been having these weird dreams that are almost hallucinatory, and I kind of wake up in the middle of them some nights very, very briefly, and then I fall back asleep, and I know that there are a lot of you who probably study consciousness and you study etheric worlds. You might study Rudolf Steiner. You might read Freud. You know, Freud's idea was that a dream was a representation of some unconscious desire, something that has not been fulfilled yet, something that is a motivatory factor, something that motivates you, something that's lodged there in the unconscious. And Freud related a lot of this stuff to animal instinct, dealing with sexual thirsts and sexual instinct. Others refer to the things that we dream about as another form, not only of consciousness, but another form of of existence, another world, an actual world that we slip into when we disconnect from the physical world. And so out of that world, what we call a nightmare or a nightmare is a really, really bad dream. And the idea of a nightmare, where a nightmare comes from, it comes from a word mar, M-A-R-E, meaning that demon, that entity, that creature that sits on your chest and brings terror to your dreams, turning your dreams into nightmares, night terrors things that are very scary, things that are very dark, things you really don't want to experience. And sometimes you feel those things 
filter over into a waking conscious state. And of course, that pressure that you have on your chest is often associated with sleep paralysis and the clinical diagnosis of these types of nightly fears and terrors where you can't move. But there are different kinds of night terrors, different kinds of nightmares where, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I've definitely had sleep paralysis and I've been in situations where I've definitely not experienced sleep paralysis. I was experiencing something else. Situations where I wasn't paralyzed, I was fully conscious and able to move my body. And I saw the same things that I had seen, or different types of things, but very similar things that I had seen when I had sleep paralysis. Now, I've not told a lot of these stories on air before, but when I was a kid, probably about 17, 16, 17 years old, because I was still getting up to take the bus to the high school in the morning, it's about 16, 17 years old, I was sleeping on the floor in my room. I like to sleep on the floor because my, even then my back was kind of like, it's a little bit messed up, so I had to sleep on a hard surface to really support my spine. And I remember one night laying there, and I had what would now be termed sleep paralysis. I remember looking around my room, and I had this green clock with these big numbers on it. And I remember the clock did not change time, and it felt like I laid there for hours. And I didn't see something with my visual eye. I saw something with the mind's eye. I could feel a presence, and it creeps me out to this day. I could feel a presence in the room. It felt like four entities, and they had kind of a a grayish-like skin. And I didn't touch them, but I perceived this in this half-awake, half-asleep state. And the only thing that I knew at the time, being 16, 17 years old, having never read or studied any of the things now that I spend virtually every day of my life learning about, the only thing I could call these, these creatures were just aliens. They were alien-like. You know, I never wrote a book about that experience. I never made a movie about that experience. I've barely talked about that experience. But today, call it alien, call it demonic, diabolic, call it a thought form, call it whatever you want to call it. But I had that experience in a dreamlike state. And whatever that thing was that was projected outward, it didn't feel like a sexual desire. It didn't feel like some aggressive animal desire. It didn't sound or seem or feel like a, like some unconscious longing. It felt like something was obtaining access to me, obtaining access to, to, to my spirit or soul. It was very disturbing. And I had had other experiences once I got a little bit older, about 20, 21 years old, 20, Two probably was the last big creepy one I had where I've seen some very, very dark stuff. And the stuff that I had seen then and when I was a kid, I didn't really know what it was until I started to read the stories that other people have told from around the world about hat men and about various shadow-like phantom things that they see in their rooms at night. And usually there's some sense of unconsciousness 
in these observations, but there are people like myself and I'm sure people like you who have likewise seen things and experienced things without being asleep, without having your head on a pillow. And so there's obviously more to those types of sightings of what people call hat men or smiling men, what people now call the slender man. There's more to it than that, things that manifest when you're not asleep. Things that children see and that children are scared of and that parents might not be perceptually tuned or the thing, the creature, doesn't want the parents to see it. Now, these are all those creepy movies and creepy bedtime stories, and I'm honestly not trying to creep you out or freak you out. But I remember seeing something when I was fully awake when I was a kid, much, much younger than 16, 17, and it sticks with me today. It was a, a creature that really could only be described as the hat man, but I was fully, fully awake. For what I saw. And these are the types of creatures, hat men, shadow people, phantoms, fairies, gnomes, nightmares. These are the types of creatures that, that scare us. They are scary because they're, they're a representation, whether they're physical entities, literal entities, or they're, they're symbolic, because our subconscious and our unconscious communicates in symbols. They're symbolic of some deeper desire or some deeper thing, motivation, thought, like Freud suggested, that we just haven't fulfilled. We ha- we're, we're trying to obtain it. But th- there are things that are not so much an exaggeration of an idea uh, or an exaggeration of 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 a fear or something that's dangerous. There are things that, let's put it this way. I've been having dreams recently about the state of world affairs and uh, not about politics or something like that. I had this dream the other night. It wasn't about a demon or an alien or something like that. I don't really dream at all, but I had this dream that was almost like hallucinatory. And I remember seeing people on the back of an ambulance. And I I, I don't exactly know where I was. I remember just seeing it almost like I was watching a movie. That's kind of how my dreams are. They're like watching things on on a TV screen. And these people were on the back of this ambulance. And it was a big ambulance. So there were a lot of people on the back, uh, in the back of this, this vehicle. And they all had clothing on like doctors and assistants would wear in surgeries. So they had like layers of this plastic-like clothing. They had masks on and face shields. And they had uh, they had instruments in their hands. Well, one of the instruments they had in their hands was a needle. And some of them had taken their masks off and they were injecting themselves with whatever was in this needle. And every time they would inject themselves with whatever it was was in this needle, it was never clear in the dream, they would become less and less conscious and they would become more, more like they're, they're in the process of dying and, and their, their consciousness is leaving the, the, the building, the body. Uh, it's just, it's vanishing. They, they start to kind of 
fall over and they start to drool. But the more that they inject themselves, like the energy that I got, the feeling I got from this dream was the more they injected themselves with whatever this thing was, the better they felt about themselves. They, they were really good people. They were protecting and saving other people, even if this was killing them. And it was everybody in the dream. And that was the whole dream. And it just, it just vanished. I woke up and that was it. Now, it doesn't take an Ivy League scholar, uh, a well-known scientist, or some doctor to tell you, to prove to you. And when you're afraid, when you exist in a state of fear, and you do so for a long time, not only short-term damage, but a long, long time, damage can be caused to your heart, your cardiovascular system. It can cause gastrointestinal problems. It can decrease your ability to become pregnant. And it can actually kill you. Hence the idea of being scared to death or being frightened to death. Because fear is an emotion closely aligned with anxiety. Fear, in essence, creates anxiety. And more anxiety creates more fear, and more fear creates more anxiety. It's a very vicious cycle. The anxiety that you feel, it tenses up your muscles. People get muscle aches, muscle pains, headaches, migraines. They have trouble going to the bathroom. Their heart might race rapidly. If people exist in this state for long enough, it becomes difficult to even think. Their mind becomes cloudy. And just like people can die of a broken heart, people can also die of fear. They can literally be frightened to death. Now, whatever it was in my dream that people were injecting into themselves is really beside the point. But two days after I had this dream, this was last week, I read a news article. It said, a man who boosted his Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine with a shot from Moderna said his side effects were a little more severe the third time around. It just tells the story of this guy who's a quote-unquote virus expert, Joseph Heiser, fully vaccinated, two vaccines, and decides to get a third vaccine. Just like in my dream. People just kept injecting themselves. Every time they inject themselves, they'd slouch over a little bit more and they'd drool a little bit more and then they would just keep doing it until they killed themselves. But they thought that they were protecting themselves and saving other people. I don't know if this this guy, this virus expert, Joseph Heiser, actually got a third vaccine, a fourth or a fifth vaccine. But the idea now that people have willfully accepted that dangerous medical experimentation, that toxic chemicals, that these are the things we need, we demand to save us and to protect us when they make us very, very sick. But we accept those things, and that's not what tonight's show is about, but we accept those things because we're afraid. We're afraid of something, a shadow, a phantom. We're going to talk about that shadow and that phantom tonight, right here on The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. 
You are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, where you can catch the secret teachings with Ryan Gable five nights a week after Lighting the Void with Joe Rook. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app free in google play and the ios app store do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in join me jess rogie the host of the rogie report where we explore the unrevealed every wednesday night live at 6 p.m pacific 9 p.m eastern here on the fringe fm ktlk digital broadcasting This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. This is Michael Strange from Troubled Minds. Did you hear that scientists recently discovered radio waves coming from Proxima Centauri? Well, I cannot confirm nor deny we are broadcasting from that neck of the woods. You are listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm.
I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM. I don't normally dream a lot, but when I do dream, my dreams have become increasingly hallucinatory. And uh, not changing my diet, I'm not changing my sleep pattern, I don't drink alcohol, I don't take any drugs, but I am... I guess you would say obsessed with learning and with paying attention to what is going on in the world around me so much so that I need to be pulled away from it sometimes. Radio can kind of consume me, at least the research I do for radio. I think that's a lot of what has been affecting my dreams. But I had a dream the other night. It wasn't about a monster or a demon or something like that. I had a dream that I saw these people on an ambulance and they just kept injecting something into their body. They just kept injecting something in a needle into their body. And no matter how many times they injected it, they got excited. They, they, they felt like they were helping other people and making themselves better. But at the same time, it was like cognitive dissonance. They also knew they were killing themselves. But every time they did it, they got a nice pat on the back. So they just kept doing it and doing it. They knew they were killing themselves, but they kept doing it anyway. And this is, this is a dream I had last week, and I read a news article like a, a day and a half, two days later, two mornings later after this dream, and I saw that there's a guy uh, who's in the news being praised, a so-called virus expert, Joseph Heiser, who received a third COVID-19 vaccine, kind of like a booster shot, but he, he decided to be a willing participant in a medical experiment, getting a third vaccine and he said the side effects were a little more severe this time around you know i read that article and i thought no matter what your view is no matter what your belief is in anything viruses pandemics that stuff is completely irrelevant but you know that there are people that have dressed up and in, in basically in costumes they've dressed up like like elderly people or just to get a vaccine People are faking documents to get a vaccine when, when they weren't eligible to do it. And people are panicked and frightened. Whether they're getting a vaccine or they're buying toilet paper in bulk. Or, or, or they're panic buying at the grocery store cans of food and bags of chips. Or whatever people eat for their survival food. Whatever's on the shelf, whatever's on the shelf that, that tastes good. Get a whole bunch of candy. I saw people panic buying one time for a, a winter storm, they were buying candy, chips, and soda. Whatever it is, they're panic buying. They're buying. Remember that last year, a little over a year ago, people were panic buying. People were buying the toilet paper. A little over a year later, people panicking, getting in line, getting a vaccine, willfully participating in a, in a medical experiment. And in the midst of all of this, from last year to today, you go around to a lot of businesses and restaurants, department stores, you're going to find that these companies are using this, these harmful, toxic chemicals to spray everything down with. Quaternary ammonium chloride compounds, very dangerous, very toxic. Even official government websites, the USDA, the EPA, they say that those chemicals are dangerous. The CDC says we have to stop using these chemicals. It's dangerous. One of the top questions asked to the CDC is, can I prevent disease by spraying disinfectant on my skin 
can I inject it, inhale it, or ingest it to prevent myself from getting sick, not just from COVID-19, but from anything. People literally want to know from health authorities, can I inhale, ingest, or inject, or spray toxic chemicals on my body, into my body, up my nose to prevent me from getting sick? People are lined up to take part in a medical experiment because they're afraid of getting sick. They'll go poison themselves in a Russian roulette believing that they might protect themselves, they might protect other people. It may, maybe it'll alleviate some of the fear. And now it's become not just a matter of overcoming your fear and trying to get your life back that somebody stole. Hence, the people that stole it are the ones that are now giving you the key if you let them to unlock the box and the chain that they put you in and wrapped around you. Now here in the United States and other parts of the world, people, young people, they're taking a vaccine to promote themselves as part of a team or a tribe. It's called vaccine tribalism or brand tribalism. Only hot people Only sexy people get the Pfizer vaccine. Only smart people get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Brand tribalism. Not only are people proud that they voted. I I voted today. You see the stickers here in the city where I'm living. I voted today. They just had the election last week for the mayor. I voted. And then other people, I got a vaccine. You can post it on Facebook now. They have little circles you can put around your picture to encourage others to get vaccinated. And all the young people, they're embracing it because they want to be a part of a team. They want to be a part of a tribe. They're afraid of not fitting in. You see fear again. You're afraid of a virus. You're afraid of bacteria. You're afraid of other people who could make you sick who aren't even sick. You're afraid. So you'll participate in medical experiments and inject chemicals into your body and Literally submit yourself to to a, 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 an enormous multinational corporation that has total liability protection, and, and, and you'll promote that company as I'm a Pfizer person. I'm a Johnson and Johnson person. I support Pfizer. It's just, it's like, I always say it's a bunch of weak-minded people, but really it's a bunch of people that are terrified and afraid. They're terrified and afraid because, well, apparently they don't know how to think for themselves. They need to be motivated to do so. It's just everything, obviously, when you think about news is just fear, 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 right? It's It's the old idea. Everything in the news is fear. The Washington Post last week said coronavirus recedes, colds, and common viruses are back, especially among young people. So as they begin to alter the numbers because of vaccinations and do different types of testing with lower cycle counts or less testing in general, coronavirus numbers go down. That looks like the vaccine's working. And then suddenly here come the colds and the common viruses again. The flu, they're back, says the Washington Post on June 16th. So now you have to be afraid of that. Then you got to wear a mask for that. And it's not just vaccines and masks and social distancing. It's just the general fear. That we feel all the time, what are other people thinking about me? What are they going to think if I wear that? What are they going to think if I think this? 
What I think something different than them. What are they going to think of me? We're, we're always so terrified. We're always so afraid. Anxiety, stress, worry, all these things. You know, anxiety and fear. It's no debate. It's no discussion that these things affect the body. You know, an impending sense of doom, depression, anxiety, all the things that we consider to be low vibratory in that new age community. It's low vibration, man. It's negativity, man. Well, all that negativity, all that depression, all that anxiety can cause rapid pounding of the heart, loss of sex drive, extreme fatigue, increase in blood pressure, muscle aches, and other types of pain. Obviously, it can cause gastrointestinal problems with uh, digestion. Sometimes if you're very anxious, food won't even properly be removed from the stomach. It'll be stuck in the stomach. Uh, You know, people can get headaches and migraines and people have panic attacks and muscle spasms. This is all just because of a little bit of anxiety. And when that anxiety, that fear persists, it can have detrimental impacts on the body. And you might actually die from it. It's like dying of being heartbroken. You can die of fear. You can be scared to death. We, we use that as a euphemism. Oh my God, you scared me to death. Well, some people actually can be scared to death. Some people can die of a broken heart. Animals die of broken hearts. Maybe when their, their owner who's taken care of them for 15 years from the time they were born. Well, the dog dies with the owner. Married couple been together 40, 50 years. Husband, wife dies. The other one is soon to follow. They give up on life. There's a sense of doom. Anxiety can trigger all these things. Anxiety, stress, fear, panic. They all circle that drain of of darkness, that black pit, that abyss. And we have these feelings. We go to bed at night, and we might have the dreams to go along with the physical sensations, and we might also wake up just as anxious, if not more, than when we went to bed. Fear is a powerful, powerful emotion that we all feel. And those of us who are able to override the fear can in some sense reduce the amount of anxiety, this amount of psychological stress on our body. And by overcoming fear, we can also be more free in how we think and how we live our lives. There's a movie that came out in the 1950s, 1959. It was called Tingler. It had uh, Vincent Price in it. And Vincent Price played uh, Dr. Warren Chapin. And Dr. Warren finds that that, that spine-chilling sensation that you have, the one that you get when you're really afraid and when you're terrified, and it's not just an, a, a, an emotional feeling, an emotional reaction. It, it's actually a, a creature. It's a parasite. And that prolonged fear causes spinal damage and death. There's a 1959 movie called The Tingler. 
fear in this form or other forums can also be used not just to subdue people, but to control people to get them to do what you want them to do. It can be used as a tool of manipulation. And those dark spirits, those dark entities, whatever you choose to call them, know that, and they're the ones that feed off of that fear. They, they want to cultivate more terror because they, they consume it. And this was kind of the idea in a, in a 2017 movie called The Ritual, where four hikers go into a forest, a Scandinavian forest, and they find an ancient evil creature. This creature in the movie is called Motor. He's the bastard son of Loki. And if you watch the movie, there's a backstory to these men with a traumatic experience that the creature then plays on by extracting that, that memory and making one of the characters relive it to try to break down the will of these men who are essentially prey to this evil creature. The creature uses fear and terror to break down its victims and to consume them. Uh, this is a, a story that you find in pop culture, you find it in mythology, you find it from Japan to North America. You find it in old Hollywood and new Hollywood. It's a very simple idea. It's just fear. What are, we, what are you afraid of? And what you're afraid of often only has power over you because you offer yourself to it. You kneel to it like this monster in the movie The Ritual. You kneel to it and you let it control you. And most of us, that's, that's all that it is. We just allow fear to control us. We allow the fear of something usually unseen to control us. The, the fear of not having something, the fear of missing out, the fear of, of not being able to participate in society anymore if we don't do what the mass majority of people are doing because if we don't do those things, we'll be dirty, disgusting human beings that need to be quarantined and locked down. Uh, people are terrified of each other. Uh, fear is a great controlling tool. It always has been. And whether that fear is a tool that's wielded by a state or by a company, by a handful of psychopaths, or it is the primary driving force of all the terrifying creatures and entities and deities and folklore and mythology and various cultures around the world, terror and fear are the only things that those dark forces have to control us because otherwise, if you say no, these terrifying things, these entities, whatever you want to call them, they, they have no power. They have no authority. That's why people call in the name of Jesus or they call in the name of, of archangels. And I, I got to the point when I was younger, the things that I was afraid of and the things that I might see in the dark, I just started saying to myself, um, I, I don't care. And over 
a period of time, they went away. And I've seen a lot of really scary stuff, a lot of stuff that, you know, I might have told a story once or twice on radio, but I haven't really gotten into the details of it. I've seen a lot of terrifying stuff. But I don't let it control me. And I don't let things like stress or even things like grief, I, I don't let them control the way that I live my life. I, I might have it. I have anxiety a lot. And anxiety comes from fear. I've isolated my fear, and I've come to terms with the fact that the fear I have is fear of not accomplishing something, and that itself is its own monster. I guess you could say I'm kind of like a perfectionist in the sense that I would like to accomplish certain things at a certain time, so I get a lot of anxiety from that. It causes a lot of stress, and it gives me a lot of muscle spasms in my neck and my shoulder blade area. That's where that, that tension, that anxiety affects the body. But generally speaking, I'm not afraid. I'm not, I'm not grief-struck or, or stressed about all the things in the world around me. People always call an acknowledgement of, of, of what is going on or, or a breaking down of what is going on, a, a negative thing. A, a, as if acknowledgement of your house being on fire is negative or acknowledgement of, of you getting a, you know, yeah, a splinter in your hand is, is a negative thing. Ignoring it is a negative thing. Ignoring it creates more fear because now you're suppressing it. You're pushing it down into the subconscious. You're pushing it down into the unconscious. So when you dream at night, it morphs and changes and shapeshifts into a monster that consumes you in your dreams. It consumes your spirit. It consumes your soul. There's a movie that comes out at the end of this year called Antlers. And, you know, I like to look at these types of myths and this folklore, both in, in older movies, newer movies, TV shows, so in popular culture, but then just in various different cultures throughout the world. And there's a movie that comes out, uh, and I think it's October 29th of, of, of 2021, so it's around Halloween. It's called Antlers, and the movie is basically about a Wendigo. For those of you who don't know, Wendigo is a creature that's very popular in uh, First Nations folklore. The word Wendigo, spelled in a variety of ways, W-E-N-D-I-G-O or W-I-N-D-I-G-O, Wendigo is Algonquin. And the Wendigo is a creature, otherwise known by the Cree as the Wetiko, is a creature that is a shape-shifted form of human who turns into that creature when they live a very wicked life. The wicked, the greedy, the murderous, the diabolic, the evil, they transform into these creatures and they hunt for victims to kill and to eat them, to drink their blood, to eat their, their flesh. In essence, they are soul consumers. They are spirit consumers. Because the Wendigo, the monsters, these, these creatures, they prey on those who have a weakened constitution. They prey on those who do wicked acts, who do wicked deeds. They prey on people who are corrupted. And when the spirit of the Wendigo takes over your body when you are transformed, when you are shape-shifted into the Wendigo, 
you become not only kind of like a, a, a skinwalker, it's a little bit different. Because the skinwalkers are usually just witches that turn into a possessor, uh, disguise themselves as an animal. Uh, the Wendigo are humans that are so wicked and evil that they turn into these creatures. They transform like a werewolf into these creatures. And, and then they begin to hunt down victims and, killing, and kill, them, kill them and eat them. But when they are possessed by this creature, when they shapeshift into this creature, the soul, the spirit, the, the, the essence of humanity is lost. Uh, they, they kind of become like those creatures from I Am Legend, the Dark Seekers. And they start to see everybody around them, everything around them that, that isn't sick, that, that isn't possessed by the, by the mutating Krippen virus. Everything else is diseased. Everything else needs to be destroyed. The, the, the well and the healthy are the threat. Whether it's the, the Dark Seekers, which are kind of zombie-like vampires from I Am Legend or uh, the original Omega Man movie, which is interesting if you never watched Omega Man. That's a good movie. It's kind of the original version of I Am Legend. The Wendigo creature, Skinwalker, or in Japan, they're known as the Oni, uh, very similar to, to, to the Algonquin Wendigo, or, or the Cree call this creature the Watiko. Uh, in Japan, the Oni is a shapeshifter that has this red or blue skin, and... Uh, the Oni is said to be birthed when a very wicked human being dies. But in Japanese myth, and I imagine there's some in Native folklore as well, Native American folklore, but in Japanese myth and Japanese folklore, some humans can be so wicked when they're alive that they can transform into an Oni without ever having died. At least physically. The physical body doesn't die, but the soul and the spirit is removed. Now, obviously... There's a lot of metaphor here, right? Because when you read about magic and you read about occultism or you read about you know, dark things in a, in a book, you watch movies, TV shows that are a little bit dark, might, might, they might be about demonic possession or something like that. There's always you know, the human sacrifice you know, or the child sacrifice. And if you read a lot of grimoires, they often refer to the sacrifice of a kid. Obviously, a kid is the name of a, of, of a goat, a baby goat. So they're asking for the sacrifice of a goat as opposed to a small child. Uh, people believe that the word kid refers to a child, and therefore you get this idea that certain groups of people have committed acts of a horrific nature and have, have sacrificed one of the greatest gifts from God which gives them you know, the power of the devil if they sacrifice that child to the devil. So you have all this, all this myth, all this folklore, all these ideas that, 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 are, that are very similar, and, and, and they deal in, in basically making deals with the unseen, making deals with uh, demonic powers, diabolic powers, whatever. Again, you should, I always say that whatever you choose to call them, uh, you can call them anything, really. Uh, darkness, the void, you can call them phantoms, you can call them uh, you know, evil which is an inversion of life. All these creatures, all these entities, whatever the hell they are, um, on one level, the killing of the human as part of a sacrifice or the killing of, a, of, a, of, a, of an animal as part of the sacrifice is a metaphor. 
Because in order to advance yourself in a spiritual way, you must conquer the animal part of yourself, uh, the aggressiveness, the, the, some would argue, the sexual instincts. You have to find those animal instincts, and you don't have to destroy them. You don't have to get rid of the sexual instinct and live a celibate life, but you have to put them in check. You have to find a way to control them so they don't control you. So if the animal nature is no longer in control, you as a human are in control. The human is the next advancement from the animal. The human consciousness is the next advancement from the animal consciousness, which is in all of us and, and so on and so forth, down to the, the mineral level up to the, the level of God, if you will. In the Rosicrucian tradition, there are seven different spheres of consciousness from mineral and uh, plant and animal all the way up to demigod and God. You defeat that animal, you sacrifice that animal, and, and you become spiritually advanced, more conscious, more aware. The human sacrifice is the sacrificing of the self. Selfless acts like Christ popularized most by, by Christian belief and Christian, uh, Christian tradition. The sacrifice of the self like Christ on the cross, bleeding, suffering for others so that they may be saved. Uh, these are the ideas of the animal and the human sacrifice. The idea of sacrificing a kid, which is a goat, is likewise a misunderstanding. Just like alchemy. Alchemy isn't necessarily turning lead into gold. It's turning lead yourself, the untrained self, into a refined spiritual being, learning and understanding who and what you really are, and then connecting with God. So that is, that's the animal and the human sacrifice, that's the, the child sacrifice or the kid sacrifice, and that is, in essence, alchemy, that transformation. But there's what we could call dark alchemy, where we transform into something else, we shapeshift into something else. Uh, one of the most famous, well-known shapeshifters is, as I mentioned a moment ago, the skinwalker. Uh, the skinwalker is it comes from Navajo tradition, uh, but has it, the skinwalker has, I guess, uh, it's received a tremendous amount of um, attention in popular culture. I think a lot of that's because of the skinwalker ranch. But the skinwalker is a witch that can turn into an animal or some kind of some type of uh, creature. It, it can possess an animal. It can dis disguise itself as an animal. It, it's a shapeshifter. Uh, the, the skinwalker is very similar in that regard to the Wendigo because the Wendigo is a person who's done wicked, horrible things like, let's say, a black magician or a witch that can then transform into this creature. And if you don't know what a Wendigo looks like, it's, it's a monstrous-like creature. Uh, it has very thin limbs, and it has like a, like a brown, almost mummified-like skin. And you can see its bones, its ribs, its its skeletal structure kind of pushing through the skin. It's very creepy. It has antlers or a skull on its head, animal ears, it has horns, very terrible breath, a very horrible odor that follows it. The Wendigo is basically a human who's done horrible things that transforms into this creature. Just like the skinwalker, a witch turns into an animal. Uh, the, the person who does horrible animalistic things 
and they turn into a werewolf. Uh, the, the, the Japanese shapeshifter, the Oni, uh, has red or blue skin, also has horns or tusks. This creature is birthed when a wicked person dies, but some people are so wicked they can be transformed into an Oni long before they would die physically. And whether you're dying physically or you're dying spiritually, we could look at these shapeshifters as various forms of, of possessive things, uh, possessive spirits, things that want to use your body. And, and maybe they don't physically transform. Maybe you don't physically transform into a werewolf. You don't physically transform into a skinwalker or physically transform into a watiko or physically transform into an oni. But there are these things in the mind that can transform you. Things that are ideas that can transform you. That can turn you into a, a dark seeker. That can turn you into a diabolic creature. You know, I mean, I mean these, are, these are ideas that are it's popular not just in, in folklore. Uh, it, it's almost as if it's becoming more and more popular in pop culture. You know, from, I mean, you, from comic books to movies and TV shows that are geared towards children, young adults, and a general audience. I mean, if you look into the DC universe, uh, I think it's the Green Lantern. You have the Necron that feed off of fear. You have the Fear Lords from Marvel. Uh, in, in the Thundercat series, you have Mongor, which feeds off of fear. The 1959 movie, The Tingler, with Vincent Price, Dr. Warren Chapman finds that that fearful, spine-chilling, hair-on-the-back-of-your-neck feeling that you get is a sensation that doesn't just manifest because of a bodily reaction to environmental stimuli, but that feeling is caused by a parasite that attaches to the body, and you can only rid yourself of that parasite by screaming. But if that parasite, if you're afraid long enough, it can shatter the spine, therefore breaking you down physically. It can break you down physically, and it can kill you. You can die of being afraid. You can die of being terrified. You can be scared to death. You can be terrified to death. You know, when you're laying in bed at night, you wake up, you might, be not, might, might, might not be able to move, kind of, kind of paralyzed, right? And you lay there and you look around and if you ever had sleep paralysis, you'll know what I'm talking about. You might feel a pressure on your chest. And maybe like you can't breathe or it's kind of causing, you know, your heart to, to race. We call it sleep paralysis, but we also call this a nightmare. A nightmare comes from the mar, the creature that sits on your chest and brings terror to your dreams, the nightmare. The creature that comes at night, bringing with it terror. I've learned throughout my adult life that when you submit to whatever these things are, whether they're creatures or whether they're ideas, which sometimes can be the same thing. That is the only way in which they have power when you don't submit to them. That's well, pretty simple. They have no power. So you can say 
that a human physically transforms into a, a skinwalker or a Watiko. And, and maybe they very well do. They embody the characteristics of these monstrous creatures. But these creatures are also metaphors. They are symbols of what happens to the human when they are afraid, when they are afraid for an extended period of time, anxious, stressed, traumatized. They are said to be possessed by this force. And the force that they are possessed by, if not an idea, then it's simply the losing of one's mind. When you lose your mind and the soul and the spirit kind of seep out of the body, it becomes an empty vessel for all kinds of horrific things to enter it and to use it to carry out terrible things, terrible deeds, evil things like the Wendigo that goes after to kill and to eat its victims. People can be possessed by ideas. That's why ideologies are so dangerous, especially when they're collectivized ideologies and especially when they are carried out through aggressive tactics and obviously, especially when they are carried out with violence. It's easier to to reason with a single person. You can't reason with a horde or a mob of people that are chanting and demanding the same thing. It's an idea. Whether you agree with the idea or not, it's an idea. And it manifests like a golem, like a thought formation. It, it, it comes into physical existence. You know, I, I told you this last week when we talked about magic in relationship to the advancement of certain social justice groups or certain anti-fascist groups. Uh, some of these groups literally use magic and they claim they're using magic to raise the dead in support of their cause. Or they wish to invoke evil entities. I mean, this, is, this is why anarchists and anarcho-communists in particular, people that if their state has power, there is no God. There, 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 there's nothing but the state. They're, they're most, most common. It's more often than not, these are the people that are literally involved in, in Satanism and, and diabolic practices, they ha- there's no base. The bottom has fallen out. They only worship the immoral. They, they worship the unethical. They worship terrifying things. That's why they'll do anything. They'll kill, attack, because they believe their cause is just. The people that are possessed by these types of ideologies, whatever those ideologies might be, have essentially shape-shifted into one of these creatures, and they then hunt for others. Like the Dark Seekers in I Am Legend, or the, the Wendigo, or the Skinwalker, or the Oni. They're, they're out for blood. They're out to recruit others to their cause. They're looking to bring other people into their cult. When you go to sleep at night, you feel that pressure on your chest. And we call it sleep paralysis, and others call it a mar or a nightmare. You're still feeling that pressure no matter what you call it. Those who believe in the mar 
manifest it. Those who believe in sleep paralysis manifest sleep paralysis. But you can call it whatever you want. Human sacrifice, animal sacrifice, it's a metaphor, but it's also very, very real. The animal part of yourself has to be sacrificed in order for the lead to be turned into gold. And for some, the good has to be sacrificed in order for that dark side or the darkness to consume the light so the transformation is complete the human becomes possessed and they turn into one of these diabolic demonic creatures like a skinwalker like a vatico that hunt for blood and for flesh and they attach to the body and they suck the life out of you I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere unless you go to thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate Subscribe tab, and subscribe to our archive. If you enjoy this show and you'd like to listen maybe at a different time, download the show, take it with you. www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Stay with us. We'll be back. Attention. You are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books. Available in PDF and soft cover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the donation subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each 
one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. Are you thinking about creating a podcast but don't know where to start? Do you really want to have to learn all this stuff? Individual track processing, enhanced and improved sound quality, edit out those awkward pauses and slips, mix multiple clips and tracks, back volumes, deliver consistent sound, live podcast production, show notes and SEO optimization, episode upload to hosting, live call screening, balance levels and loud measure broadcast standards, full branding packages, logo design, podcast site, website, show artwork. Or do you just want to get on the mic and get your ideas out there? The Fringe FM team is here to help with all of your podcasting, audio and video production needs. From simple podcast audio enhancement, our professional production staff will make it easier than ever to create the podcast you desire. The biggest thing is time. A lot of people that podcast don't have time. It's going to take you months to launch. We did it for you. We could do it tomorrow. Visit thefringe.fm, join our team, and get jump started on your podcast today. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. This is Jess Rogie, host of the Rogie Report, and you're listening to the Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. Is a force that all of us that science knows nothing about, a force of fear, that is strong enough to shatter the spinal column. We know what it is, what causes it to appear and disappear, we don't know. Guys, you've got to see this. Dom? Phil? how it altered its environment and the way that it looked and how much like its father Loki you only ever saw what it wanted you to see Wendigos are generally set to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected I'll come from you the fear causes tremendous tensions in the body you can't relieve those tensions so can't they become strong enough to kill you it's a truly powerful connection between what we do to nature what we do to each other if you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected. His name is Mr. Papatuk. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. That's when you'll know that he's around. You'll see him if you look. Found a part of a man in the woods today. Oh, this has got to be an animal, right? This is a myth. Oh, for you, yeah. His peers then mocked him for his ugliness, making his heart become evil and full of rage. Like an Oni, he kidnapped men and women to drink their blood and eat their organs. Papa, papa, duck, duck, duck. See him in your room at night. Mom, does it hurt the boy? Any time you are conscious of a tingling sensation, you may obtain immediate relief by screaming. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all you've got. 
because the person in the seat right next to you will probably be screaming too. And remember this, the scream at the right time may save your life. What causes it to appear and disappear in Maybe it's a force that makes you sign a when you see it. Exactly. You know, it's odd. I've been experimenting with this force for years. Never had a name for it before. Now I think I call it the tingle. Many people die in fear. How many die in fear? Fear causes tremendous tensions in the body. You can't relieve those tensions. Why can't they become strong enough to kill it? The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. I'm Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings right here on The Fringe FM. Fear is a great motivator. Fear is a wonderful stimuli you wish to control other people by playing on their fears, the things that go bump in the night, the terrible things that happen in the world around them. Everybody's kind of afraid of the same thing. They're afraid of being alone, or they're afraid of dying of some disease, or they're afraid of what comes next. Because what comes next is unknown. What comes next is in the shadows. What comes next comes from a place that we can't see, we can't taste, we can't touch, we can't smell, and we can't hear. But Some of those things in the darkness, some of those things in the void, can be perceived by those who train themselves to perceive them. You train yourself to perceive it, it often reaches out and wishes to make a deal with you. I had a dream last week that I was watching like it was a television screen, people in the back of an ambulance injecting themselves with something in a needle. Most of the people were wearing what looks like doctors, scrubs, things that they wear in an operating room with face shields, and some people had masks. And the more they injected themselves, they were just sitting there, this one person in the dream, sitting there drooling, out of their mind, unable to even fully sit up, and they just kept injecting themselves, putting the needle in, pushing the plunger down, and then just kind of slowly pulling the needle out, dropping it, picking another one up, putting it in, pressing the plunger down, injecting themselves. I didn't exactly know what they were injecting themselves with. I, I have no idea. All I know is the more that they injected themselves, the more they started to, to slump, the more they started to fall over. And I think maybe that's my fear, subconsciously and unconsciously manifesting in a dream that so many people are willing to jab, to shoot themselves up with something that they are unfamiliar with, unacquainted with. They are willing to participate in an experiment because they are afraid. People will distance themselves physically from others because they are afraid. They don't want to see research. They don't want to see data. They don't want to see facts. All they want is to stay away from other human beings. They don't want to shake hands. They'll get multiple shots. Now, I'm obviously describing our current situation in the world in the last year and a half. 
But for some people, fear will never subside. Some people will continue to get vaccinated, continue to wear masks, no matter how absurd or how illogical it is. There's an article that came out a couple of days ago about a guy who has two vaccines and yet decided, I want a third, so went back for a third vaccine. Said his side effects were worse than the first two, but he's glad that he did it. It's basically a medical experiment, but at the very end of the article, they let you know that after the third dose, they compensated him a few hundred dollars. So really, the medical experiment was part of a legal agreement they had with this so-called virus expert, Joseph Heiser. And he just everybody looks so excited when he's getting a third shot. I read that article and I saw the picture and it just looked just like my dream. Just one injection, slump over. Another injection, they slouch more. Another injection, I'm saving you. I'm saving the world. But look, people aren't just afraid of viruses and diseases and other human beings. They're afraid of themselves. They're afraid of getting other people sick. They're afraid of themselves. Think of the psychosis. You're afraid of yourself because you care about other people. That's not noble. And if it is noble, it's an exploitation of what noble is. People are convinced that they are a threat for existing. How would you convince people to believe that they are a threat to, to what? I don't know. To civilization? To, to animals? To, to snails? To, to plants? They're a threat to the environment because they were born. How would you get people to believe that? But the psychopaths and the psychologists have done a damn fine job of convincing people that that is the case. So much so that like with traditional human tribalism, young people in particular around the world are beginning these trends with what is called brand tribalism. They're a Pfizer kid. I'm a Johnson & Johnson person. I like Merck. And they just sit there looking like morons with their little I got vaccinated sticker. Very similar to the I voted sticker. Why? Fear. Fear. It's a great motivator. Fear is a wonderful controlling tool. Fear is something that affects us in ways that we don't really think about. You watch a scary movie and you're afraid of the alien or you're afraid of the monster. But you're watching that scary movie on a TV, on on a DVD, a streaming service. You know it can't actually hurt you. You get to experience your fears from the comfort of your living room or your bed, the comforts of your home. Same with video games. I mean, you, you might actually experience a sense of a sense of panic or a sense of uh, you know rapidly beating heart, or your stomach might get tense if you're playing a scary video game or watching a scary movie. But when it's in real life, those feelings don't subside when you turn the game off or. You know, you might turn the game or the movie off, go to bed, you're a little bit frightened, and you wake up the next morning, everything's okay. But when those anxieties persist, 
and they embed themselves in the subconscious, when those anxieties persist and people suffer from panic attacks and headaches and migraines and gastrointestinal problems and loss of sexual drive and a rapidly beating heart, extreme fatigue, uh, elevated blood pressure, muscle aches and joint pains, all of these are the symptoms of someone who is afraid. Uh, All of these could also be said to be the symptoms of uh, any number of viral contagions or bacterial infections, muscle aches, fatigue, pounding heart, breathing problems, irritability, headaches. I mean, I've read all of those at one point or another on 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 a virus side effect chart. These are all the same thing. This is, but this is fear. This is what you get when you're fear. It's not something you can see just like a virus. You can't see a virus. What is the solution, though, to fear? You have to overcome that fear, overcome that anxiety. I mean, that's kind of the whole idea in life, is it not? Overcoming those things that scare you. Becoming a stronger person. Obtaining understanding. Fear is a necessary evil in the world. Fear is a necessary emotion to keep you out of danger. But it's a necessary emotion that if you allow it, can actually help you to grow. In the same way that fear can alert you to danger physically in your environment, fear can also alert you to danger that's not so physical. Fear can also, if left unchecked, control you. You can allow it to control you from your own subconscious and unconscious, or you can allow other people to subdue you through fear. When you can override and overpower that fear and you become in control of it, this is a keen to performing what otherwise sounds like a horrible, diabolical act of, of, of defiling nature, but it's the performing of an animal sacrifice because when you can check your fear, you can check your animal instincts, you have sacrificed the animal part of yourself, you have conquered it, and you consciously become elevated when you perform that, that animal sacrifice. When you don't and you allow the animal sacrifice to take control, when you don't, the animal takes control and the animal consumes the human consciousness. The animal consciousness bleeds over into the human consciousness and takes control. And at that point, you become nothing more than a werewolf. You become nothing more than a wendigo. You become nothing more than a skinwalker. You become nothing more than an Oni. Now, these are creatures from Algonquin tradition, First Nations people, Navajo people, Japanese culture. You find them in comic books and TV shows. It's all the same idea. Fear can manifest as a physical thing. And often what that physical thing is, is a transformed, shape-shifted human. So you don't physically turn into the werewolf. You don't physically turn into a Wendigo, but you embody the essence of that creature. 
you typify that creature that you see in depictions, that you read about in stories, that you read about in myth, that you see in movies and TV shows. Those are exaggerations. Those are hyperbolic examples of what, of what a creature like that, like a skinwalker, really is. But the skinwalker is you. The skinwalker is a manifestation of all of those unchecked emotions, all of those unbalanced animalistic desires and instincts. And so that's why the devil and demonic creatures often have antlers and horns. That's why the the goat is a symbol of the devil, not not just for the, the, the sexuality component of the goat, but just because the goat, as a symbol, helps to exemplify those concepts. In the same way that an eagle represents, to a lot of people, freedom. An eagle represents glory. Some animals naturally represent things that are not so glorifying. And those animal characteristics are placed into the construction of a creature like a wendigo. They're placed into the construction of a, of a demonic-like entity called the Oni in Japan. And these two stories are very similar, whether it's the wendigo or the Oni. They're basically a very wicked human being, someone who has done really horrific things, someone who has a very wicked mind. Sometimes they can transform into these wicked monsters, these demons before death. But it's really the death that allows for these monsters to be born. But that's metaphoric in and of itself. It's not the physical death that leads to that manifestation. It's the death of the burning fire of consciousness inside. It's the death of the spirit and soul. When you do things that are so wicked, you begin to lose your humanity. You become animalistic. You become monster-like. You transform upon that death of the human into this new character, this new entity. I mean, Star Wars is probably your best pop culture example. Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, but Anakin Skywalker is a different personality. Anakin Skywalker, in essence, is the good side of the Force. But Darth Vader, the Dark Father, being the dark side of the Force has been empowered and has essentially killed Anakin Skywalker. This happens in all of us. So you can even allow, you can either allow the, 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 the positive, good, balanced emotions to control you, or you can allow the bad, unbalanced emotions to control you. And we can call those emotions animalistic and when we can take control of them we sacrifice the animal in the temple of god the body and we become more consciously connected with whatever it is that people call god or whatever it is people call source those who who do not do that who succumb to the animal self the animal instinct they are overcome with wickedness and they are represented as being transformed into these monstrous creatures and when they are transformed into these creatures, they can shapeshift, you can call it. They shapeshift into these creatures. It's not necessarily a physical shapeshifting. 
as much as some people would like that to be the case. But you can see people, you, you've met people probably, who, who are not really good people, and they have a different look in their eye. They have, a, they have that wicked look in their eye. And, and, and they can transform in an instant. Psychopaths, sociopaths, they can be transformed in an instant into a monster. That's the metaphor. And they don't have to physically die, but you can see the eyes become void of spirit. They become void of consciousness, void of the soul. And that births the, the, the Japanese shapeshifter with the blue and the red skin and the horns, the oni. That births the, the Algonquin Wendigo or the Watiko from the Cree. Just It's all the same creature. They just call it different things. A Wendigo is created when a human transforms into a wicked creature. That's when it becomes known as the Wendigo. And it proceeds to hunt down, to kill, and to eat its victims. It's often described as having very... Very bony, it's like a skinny, bony creature where the bones are, are present visually because the skin is just stretched over them. It's almost like it's, it's like a creature that it just represents death uh, with the skull and the skeleton pushing through the, where the head is, through the skin. Uh, the horns, like the oni, uh, it has a terrible breath and a terrible odor. And it feeds off your soul. It consumes your soul. Some people call it a mind virus, kind of like the mind flayer from Stranger Things. People call it any number of, of things from pop culture to, to ancient culture around the world. It gets into your mind, and, and, and it accesses those things that you're afraid of, those things that you're unsettled about. And it works those, those feelings and those emotions to control you. Now, it's, it's quite easy if you have control of your emotions to eliminate that influence. But for some, it ends up consuming them. If you watch that 2017 movie, The Ritual, these four hikers go into the Scandinavian, uh, the Scandinavian forest and they find this evil creature. Uh, in the movie, it's called Motor. It's the son of Loki. It gets into your brain. It's hunting these guys, and it gets into their brain, and it uses fear to to break them down. But see again, these are the 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 natural, just like Saturn or Satan. These are the natural, necessary evils. The natural, necessary evils that we have to allow to break us down, so that we can build ourselves back up. But we have to be in control. We have to sacrifice the animal self. We have to attempt to align ourselves with what we call spirit or what we call God. Uh, these entities are things that form out of the, the, the vacancy of spirit, the vacancy of, of, of what we call God, uh, that take possession of the body, that transform the human into something animalistic, something diabolic. Call it a skinwalker, call it a wendigo, call it an oni, call it a devil or a demon. It's all the same thing. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, and there's more after this. Please don't go anywhere. Just visit our website if you do go somewhere at www.thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... 
I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, and join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of my books. For the month of June, home of the summer solstice, you can submit a one-time donation of only $45 and get a free physical copy of one of my books with free shipping. For those of you who want to consistently support the show, you can subscribe for a monthly donation and get the same access to the archive. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donation Subscribe tab at the top of the page. If you're just interested in the books, you can find each one of those on the website as well. And if you have any questions, you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you so much for supporting The Secret Teachings over the years. I look forward to keeping you company through all the late nights and early mornings for many years to come. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. It's a 
force of all of us that science knows nothing about. The force of fear that is strong enough to shatter the spinal column. We know what it is, what causes it to appear and disappear, we don't know. Guys, you've got to see this. Dom? Phil? alter its environment and the way that it looks and how much like its father Loki you only ever saw what it wanted you to see Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected They'll come from you the fear causes tremendous tensions in the body you can't believe those tensions why can't they become strong enough to kill you it's a truly powerful connection between what we do to nature what we do to each other if you're a really clever one and you know what it is to see then you can make friends with a special one, a friend of you and me. Wendigos are generally said to hunt and prey on humans who are weak and socially disconnected. His name is Mr. Babadook. A rumbling sound, then three sharp knocks. That's when you'll know that he's around. You'll see him if you look. Found a part of a man in the woods today. Oh, this has got to be an animal, right? Excuse me, this is a myth. Oh, for you, yeah. His peers then mocked him for his ugliness, making his heart become evil and full of rage. Like an Oni, he kidnapped men and women to drink their blood and eat their organs. Papa, papa, duck, duck, duck. See him in your room at night. Mom, does it hurt the boy? Any time you are conscious of a tingling sensation, you may obtain immediate relief by screaming. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all you've got. Because the person in the seat right next to you will probably be screaming too. And remember this, a scream at the right time may save your life. What causes it to appear and disappear? We don't know. Maybe it's a force of nature's science. You know, when you see it. Exactly. You know, it's odd. I've been experimenting with this force for years. Never had a name for it until now. Now I think I'll call it the tinger. Many people die in fear. How many die in fear? Fear causes tremendous tensions in the body. You can't believe those tensions. Why can't they become strong enough to kill you? The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world on the Fringe FM Talk Stream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and so many others. Our website www.thesecretteachings.info A lot of people might interpret this radio show to be one in which fear is the goal of the broadcast. That what I say is meant to terrify you, to scare you, to make you hide under the covers. And I can tell you this, that's not what the show's about. The show is about the opposite. The show is about Awakening to that fear, conquering that fear, and elevating yourself above that fear. It's always kind of been a running joke with the secret teachings that the show itself or that I am trying to scare you. That's a, it's a scary radio show. And I guess in one way, I take that as a compliment, but I'm not trying to scare you. 
You know, I, I research and I read and I, I prepare shows on topics about topics that, that I find interesting. I, I find the stories of the Skinwalker very interesting. Um, I find the stories of the Wendigo very interesting. Uh, I, I like reading about Japanese uh, mythology, and I was reading uh, this morning about the Oni, a Japanese shapeshifter. I mean, I like these things, and I choose to talk about them on this forum, this radio show, this platform I have. But if you watch television or read comic books or you watch enough movies, you'll start to see that other people are interested in these things too, and they just present it to you as a fictional character in a cartoon or a fictional character in some television show. And those things might scare us. We might be afraid, but we know that we're actually safe from them. We're watching them on TV. And I think the radio is scarier because you don't have eyes on what it is that's being said or what it is you're exactly hearing. You're laying in bed at night. You're sitting outside on your porch. You're driving your car. You can't see very well at night, physical night, a lack of of light. And when you're just listening to it through radio, and I sit here and I tell you about the the Wendigo, these humans that transform into this creature when they are wicked, this thin creature with protruding skeletal structure, pushing through the skin with horns and animal ears and very terrible odor. I'll tell you about the creepy things in your room at night, the shadow monsters, the hat men, the grinning men, the pale man, the rake, the sand man. Tick-tock. Putting his victims to sleep. Unlike his less malevolent counterpart, the Sandman, who sprinkles sand into your eyes to put you to sleep, the other Sandman puts his victims to sleep so he can eat their soul, consume them. I talk about those stories like the Nightmar, coming from the mar that sits on your chest and applies pressure, makes it difficult to breathe, prevents you from getting up, intoxicates the air with visions of horrible grotesque, monstrous formations. Scary, scary things that even upon daybreak, you don't really want to to think about them. Afraid they'll come back the next night. You hear all those things on radio and they're terrifying. But I'm trying to do a new breed of radio. I want to think about those things. I want to be a little bit afraid. I want to be a little bit scared for entertainment purposes, but I want to learn something. And I want to learn that when someone's talking about a shapeshifter, you always hear the same old idea, that a shapeshifter is something that physically changes shape. A werewolf is a, is a human that physically transforms into a very hairy, wolf-like, dog-like, Anubis-looking creature. That, uh, that an oni is a, is a human that literally transforms into a blue and red demon. 
Now, the depictions and the images of these types of creatures very well could be manifestations, some form of a hallucination, something that people see in dreamlike, trance-like states. Just like the consistent stories of the hat man or the smiling man, the grinning man, all over the world by people old and young of so many different, countless religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs, and they see the exact same thing. There is a form to these creatures. Is it in the collective unconscious? Perhaps. Is it a universal thought formation? Perhaps. Is it something that's spilling over into our physical world when the veil is thin? Perhaps. Perhaps it's all of these things. But before we can even go into that other realm, we have to examine what that shapeshifter is, what that skinwalker is, what that windigo is. And what it is, is a human being who is wicked. A human being who does terrible, horrible, diabolic things. And when the human who is doing these things, succumbs to that evil, they no longer are human. And like those that must, in the mystery schools and the secret societies, sacrifice an animal, in essence, they are sacrificing their animal self, conquering those demons. Those humans who have committed these acts transform into these monsters. That's why in the Japanese tradition, The oni are birthed when a wicked human dies. But that doesn't mean they have to physically die. They have succumbed while very much alive to an evil, to an idea, to a force. We can anthropomorphize it and give it characteristics that we understand, animal, human, monstrous things. But what dies is the fire, what dies is the soul, what dies is the spirit, and then the human is transformed into these monstrous creatures. And then we watch movies and TV shows that exaggerate and create this cultural image of of what these monstrous deities really are. But what they ultimately are, are you. It's the self. That's what we're ultimately afraid of, not being good enough, not fitting in. We're afraid of ourselves. Uh, But that can be exploited, and we can be made to intentionally be afraid of other things. It's natural for us to be afraid of things we don't understand. We're afraid of the dark and afraid of things we can't see. That's why radio is so powerful. That's why radio seems to be so much scarier than if you watched a documentary about the exact same thing I'm talking about tonight. Because you can't see it. It's hiding out of view. It's in your rear view mirror. It's in your back seat. It's under your bed. It's down the hall. It comes in through the open door in your bedroom. You can't see it, so we're afraid of it. And there are some things we can't see, but we can feel them. We know that they're there. And we let them fester. We let them grow. And until we confront them and overcome them, no amount of, I would like to avoid the negative, no amount of, let's think positively, is going to change that. Because to avoid the negative and to think positively, you have to confront the negative and you have to conquer it. You have to confront the darkness and confront the evil and conquer it. If you just allow it to sit there 
and stare at you from the corner if you just let it lay on top of you like a mar. If you let it consume you, you become that darkness. You become the skinwalker. You become the oni. You become the vatiko. You become the wendigo. You become the monster. And when you become that monster, when you become that evil, you hunt for other people to consume. We're talking primarily about metaphor here. We're talking also about psychology. And we're talking about altered states of consciousness where we might see things that are interpreted as alien or demonic. And collectively, through thousands of years, cultures, religious beliefs, traditions, folklore, myth, Things are mixed together, certain things are lost, certain things are fused, certain things are added, reinterpreted, misinterpreted, given the Hollywood spin, and we end up with the creatures and the monsters and the deities and the ideas that we have today. But like I told you last week, when people in a collectivized group, collectivized hive mind, with emotion and fear, look to advance their cause through aggression and hatred and violence, if it can be justified as the means justify the ends, those groups and those ideas are manifestations of what I call evil. They're manifestations of hysteria, altered states of consciousness. The thoughts that they hold so dear and so near and true They believe them to be true, and they will do anything to carry those actions out to obtain the end goal, getting other people to think like them or whatever it might be. The people that feel that way, the people that act that way as if they're possessed when they protest and they riot and they loot, those people are possessed. They're possessed by an ideology, an ideology which is a thought, and it has transformed them into these monstrous thug creatures. You see, a Wendigo... Or a skinwalker isn't just a person who was wicked that transformed into some monstrous deer-like, antler-like having creature. Some kind of, you know, a a motor-like looking creature. Uh, Or a witch that just turns into an animal. Uh, A a Wendigo or a skinwalker are, are the people that believe something so much that they will commit acts of violence against other people and in the process... They embody and they become the image, the essence of these demonic forces. Whether it's murder or it's rape, well, it doesn't really matter. They are embodying these forces. They are transforming into the werewolves and the skinwalkers. So you see, magic and myth and folklore and the paranormal and the occult and all these things that we like to think are so separate from the average everyday struggles we have and the political discussions we have, It's not so separate. It's a world that exists alongside of the other world that you see and you taste and you touch and you smell and you hear. It's a world that we can sense and a world that we can feel. It's a spiritual war, as some say. And it it just as much affects a march or a protest in your city as it does you when you lay down in bed at night after watching a scary movie. It's the fear of not fitting in the fear of not accomplishing something. It's the fear, 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 fear. It's the dangerous thought that manifests 
a tulpa or a golem or an egregore. It's the dangerous thought that manifests the killer and the rapist, the murderer, the cult leader. These are all manifestations of the same evil. They're just manifesting differently. Just like when you say hat man, slender man, pale man, the rake, the sand man. It's just different manifestations of the same thing. His infernal majesty. It's all the same exact thing. And, and fear is it's kind of like a parasite because it needs you as a host to grow stronger. If you as a host reject it, then fear is halted in its tracks. I thought there's, there's an interesting movie that came out in the 50s with Vincent Price. It's called The Tingler. It came out in 1959. It's about a Dr. Warren Chapin who finds that that spine-chilling, hair-raising sensation that you get in your neck and your back when you're afraid is actually a physical parasite that has attached itself to you. And the only way to get rid of it is to scream. But if you're exposed to it, if your exposure is prolonged, it can cause severe spinal damage and death. It's an interesting movie. You can actually watch the whole thing on YouTube. It's called The Tingler, 1959, Vincent Price. Fear and death. Heartbreak and death. What do those two things have in common? The lack of love. Fear of not having something. the, 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 The loss that you might suffer. All the things that come along with fear, the anxiety, the stress, the worry that that damage the physical body, the heart, the lungs, the intestines, the bowels, the skin, the nervous system, it all reacts to fear. It all reacts to anxiety. It responds to that stimuli. When you're anxious and when you're stressed and when you're afraid, it can make you sick. And so... You're just trying to find a way to make yourself better, not realizing that you're submitting to the very thing that's making you sick. It's a mind virus. It's like the mind flyer from Stranger Things. It's a metaphor made flesh. It comes to life. The fear that you have, the fear that overtakes you, If you watch the movie The Ritual that came out in 2017, the terrifying-looking creature called Modur that has the antlers on its head, the horns on its head, it gets into your brain and it uses fear to break down its prey. But fear is not only a useful, motivating tool for psychopaths, control freaks, tyrants, marketers, and advertisers. Fear is is a necessary evil in the world. Because without fear and without evil and without the devil, some might believe that we have a utopian state of affairs, that nothing is wrong, everything is wonderful, but that world is a devilish, demonic world where there is no devil. Because then you don't know what good or evil is defined as. You you don't understand that the idle hands that you have are actually the tools of the devil. There must be an opposing 
force. There must be a necessary evil that strips you of your impurities. And if you allow it to conquer you, you allow it to overtake you and allow it to consume you and turn you into one of these monsters, then you've failed the soul or the spirit's mission for life, I think. It's like Solomon trapping the demons in the little vessels, the little bronze vessels, 72 of them, master of the demons, the demons, the emotions, the fears. It's, it's psychological, like the killing of an animal, the killing of the animal self, overcoming the animal self, overcoming the things that, that, that control us subconsciously and, and that filter into the conscious mind, the things that control us. So we're, we're not fully in control of what we think. We're allowing others to think for us. We're, we're allowing other ideas to, to have space in our brain to, to kind of speak to us like the little angel, the little, the little demon on our shoulders. Do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it. It's the consciousness or what we call the conscience. And, and those without a conscience, those without consciousness, those that lose it are transformed into the Wendigo. They're transformed into the Skinwalker. They're transformed into the Oni. And, the, the, and they, be, they become creatures that feed off of the fear of others. So they go to consume more victims. They feed off the fear. They feed off the anxiety. They feed off the terror and the stress, the pain and the suffering. These creatures are very real. They're very real and they're very with you at all times. They're in, with you in your room at night when you go to sleep. And they're with you in the car when you're driving on that road in the middle of the night. And they're with you when you listen to radio shows like this. It sounds so scary and so spooky. And yeah, I love listening to radio like that, but the point of this show is to make you aware of those things lurking in the shadows. Sitting in your back seat while you're driving alone on a dark road. Looking up from you under the bed. In from that window when the wind is blowing. My goal is to make you aware of those things and give you the tools to empower you through words and through consciousness and through assertiveness and confidence to overpower those monsters and to regain control of your life so that you're not afraid of every little thing that happens so that you're in control and no one else gets to decide your fate. That's the goal of the secret teachings. That's what I hope to achieve. Whether we're talking about skinwalkers and windigos or we're talking about the food you put into your body. I want to put a little bit of a different spin on some age-old topics that are so popular in the world of late-night radio. I hope I do a good job, and if you have any thoughts on the show, if you'd like to share something with me, you can send it to me at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in tonight. I sat down, I did a little bit of research, I read about some things, and I just put together a show tonight about fear that I thought would be inspiring and I thought would be empowering. At least that's my goal. If you missed any of the show tonight or missed any of the shows last week, you can subscribe to the whole show archive. 
You get the whole archive, everything, at www.thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe, you get access to that archive, the montages, including the montage for tonight's show, all my digital books, and when you subscribe for one year, you get a physical copy of one of my books. Free shipping, autographed in the United States. Just visit the website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, stay tuned, and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.